Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Oh, 
these were only idols, idols were only things. Danny wanted a mother. I killed the man who murdered me. Cultivating darkness is defined It was obvious the creature had come to kill me, so I just got down to the business of killing it. It was some kind of representation of tradition, or so the spiral intimated, but was merely just another in a series of bizarre encounters post-awakening. Perhaps symbols had somehow graduated beyond the conceptual, taking up physical forms to more unilaterally enforce their meanings finally fed up with being misinterpreted. You do the Mad Angel's work, and you do it well, lunatic. Yet, I am beyond your insanity, rooted in place and power by the unrelenting strength of the past, which is mightier even than the Earth itself, at the apex of its rage. That's quite the boast. Especially for a creature constructed from a pile of pointless habits that happened to have stuck around longer than they were useful. And thank you for the clarification. So, the thing I spoke to was an angel, huh? Of madness, no less. How odd that a madman would have to ask. And I wish you creatures would stop assuming I'm mad. From an actual angel of madness, I can overlook such an error but not from a being so unimaginative as a spirit of atavism. The spiral did a fine job of keeping me beyond the creature's range, or, to be more precise, beyond its corroded bowie knife. From all appearances, my adversary was a rusted clockwork man, attired in the tatters of a leather duster. Yet the abundance of rust seemed not to affect its speed, which was considerable. You speak too lightly of tradition, madman. There is nothing stronger than the passage of time, and nothing more firmly rooted, unmovable, than that which it has preserved from change. The metal monster's knife sung through the air above me as I ducked beneath it to deliver my own attack. My knife I left inside the metal man, caught within his grinding mechanical guts. 
His innards issued a pronounced whining as his cogs locked up, shuddering while trying to power through my gift. Producing a second knife, I took advantage of my opponent's momentary discombobulation. While I was uncertain just how precisely my foe's life force was tethered to the orderly actions of his mechanical body, I nonetheless opted to sever as many tubes and wires as I could manage. All this while I watched my first knife turn orange with rust and finally snap into dust from the continued pressure exerted by the monster's grinding gears. While the creature did in fact pause for my attack, if only briefly, it seemed not to have any lasting effect. I would have to think of something more destructive if I had a hope of stopping the thing. From behind, I could hear the gunshots of the townspeople growing progressively fewer. Likely the finishing touches paid to their fallen, transformed kinsmen. I was curious if the clockwork man would linger long enough to be their next target. Honestly, I might not have even bothered to do the angel any favors, as I'm no respecter of angels, any more than I am of lumbering, gigantic she-monsters. But he supplied me with some of the best, if not the best, stew I've had in my lifetime. So I thought to repay his kindness. Now, if you were to offer me even better stew, well, who knows? Perhaps I could be swayed to avoid Bray altogether. I couldn't let on that I had an actual agenda for traveling to Bray, but I was being largely honest. If Wicked didn't require saving, I would have gladly foregone the Angel's request on the behalf of Superior Stew. It is my pleasure to kill you, fool. So I've no intention to barter for you to change course. I suppose it's all for the better. While I would, and indeed did, accept food from a mad angel, I couldn't possibly take food from you. The unsanitary nature of your composition makes the idea entirely untenable. But, speaking of the angel, was it merely an angel run mad, or one charged with the theme of insanity? Or, at that level, is there even a difference? And while we're on the topic, would you enlighten me as to the nature of that corpulent monster you work for? This new epoch we've all found ourselves in is so complicated. I feel we should have all been given a handbook. Joke all you like, for humor will not avail you. Nor will that pocket of traveling space you so delight in moving in and out of. Although, I can promise you wisdom. That brief moment of cosmic insight. When your soul departs the world, affording a brief glimpse into all the things you left behind. For a moment, the creature's eyes seethed orange, and my knife promptly crumpled into ginger-tinged dust. The effect was not apparently aimed solely at my weapon, as I could hear the townspeople gathering behind me loudly lamenting the loss of their firearms. Hey, big guy! What the hell is that thing? A crowd had formed a semicircle around the monster and I as we battled, which was a condition of combat I'd never known. The well-wishes and cheering were unexpected. Some kind of manifest symbol or another, though you and the others would do well to stand back. I'd spoken my warning without thought. It wasn't my custom to care for the safety of others, but the moment seemed to come with its own script 
Perhaps I'd been momentarily absorbed into a larger role. An archetype. The hero, maybe. Or the physical manifestation of something as immaterial as the concept of tradition was working its influence on me. I wasn't concerned either way, but I was concerned as to the effects of touching the rust creature with my exposed hands, as I was sorely lacking in offensive capacity at the moment. While my raw strength combined with some prudent choices for its application might very well topple the creature, what it did to the guards around the barn gave me significant pause. While turning over my options, the monster thought I was preoccupied and rushed me. My leg was thoroughly hidden beneath layers of cloth and leather, so I thought my next move safe enough, easily sidestepping the thing's clumsy, albeit surprisingly swift, bull charge. I delivered a strong kick to its knee. My opponent's descent to the ground was ungainly at best, as it was clearly not used to being bested in physical combat. Furious with indignation, the clockwork man drew a small, rusted dagger from its boot and hurled it into the crowd that now laughed at its unceremonious spill. I'll not be laughed at by the likes of fools! The blade struck an old man standing closest to the monster. Falling to the ground, the man began to convulse, his complexion turning orange, the sound of guts becoming gears. Take the old man apart as you did the others, or he will rise as they did. At my advisal, the townspeople began tearing at the transforming geezer, using whatever unrusted objects were at hand. It was comedy gold, or perhaps rust, as the scrambling crowd stomped upon the spasming old codger, clobbering him with wooden mailbox posts, and dropped the biggest rocks they could pry from the ground upon his head. <laughs> I'd say you've successfully transferred your folly to that old man you infected. They seem to have forgotten all about how easily I put you on your orange ass. <laughs> Bravo. No one laughs at me. Now you die. Yes, yes. And now comes a pig's indignation. How dare you? You will pay for that. Please. You're a man made from rusty cogs. What dignity do you think you possess? But, by all means, show me your unearthly rage. The creature rose quickly from the dust and launched into another mindless charge, and as before, I was ready. Lucky for me, not all the anti-personnel devices on my person were cobbled from metal. As plastic is as good a container of gunpowder as anything else. Sidestepping the creature yet again, I walked behind it so that its back faced the tavern. You coward! All you know how to do is run! Well, that... and plant explosives. What? The creature quickly spied the small fuse burning down into the bomb I'd slipped into its whirring innards. Getting it in there wasn't difficult at all. But lighting the match to ignite the fuse took all of my not inconsiderable speed. And I also needed its back to the tavern, so I could hem it in. My well-timed explosion sent the creature pinwheeling through the bar's big picture window. I stepped upon the spiral and followed it inside, though I used the front door. 
rising from where it landed next to the bar. My would-be killer sported a significant and smoking hole in its chest, though it seemed little bothered by the fact. I will kill you like I've killed no other man. Again with the indignant blather. You should spend more time figuring out your opponent, and far less trying to make up for your stupidity. Though, I'm afraid you may not get another opportunity. You see, I've divined your weakness, or rather, the spiral has. But, to be entirely honest, I'm not sure there's really any distinction at this point. I am tradition, fool. I am time frozen in place. I am immutable. I admit, I thought so as well. And perhaps you don't even know you have a weakness. But, as some kind of spirit of tradition, you should be well aware of the outcomes of contests such as ours, that the monster has some undiscovered chink in his armor, and the hero, at the very last second, discovers it, much to the monster's chagrin. Even if that were the case, you'll not have the time to spring it upon me. The creature launched into another charge that I easily avoided, and I found myself next to the object I'd come for. My initial assumption was that, as an embodied concept, there was indeed nothing I could bring to bear against you. But as I continued to mull the problem, I realized that, since you are also associated with rust, which serves as a metaphor expressing inflexibility over time, there was something I could use. Ah! What have you done? Why, I've smashed the thermostat I took from the wall across your face, naturally. And a thermostat contains mercury. Or, if you prefer, quicksilver. It's the perfect thematic counterpoint to rust. And, as you should also know, despite your boasts, change is the rule, not the exception. Thus, in both symbolic and material senses, the stuff is eating away at you, just as change always has its way with tradition. Clutching its melting face, the metal monster stumbled backwards from me, the acrid smell of dissolving metal filling the air. You filthy little bastard! Unfortunately for you, creature, there are plenty of houses nearby, and all of them likely have mercury-sporting thermostats. Now, if you'll pardon me for a moment. While it still reeled from the mercury burning into its face, I moved close to the massive hole in the tavern wall and addressed the gawking townspeople, who had only recently finished bludgeoning the infected oldster. These creatures can be killed by mercury, which can be found in your household thermostats. I suggest you gather some of them together. I'll kill you. I'll kill you all. Taking advantage of my momentary shift in attention, the seething metal man took the opportunity to charge at me once again. This time, however, the creature managed to catch me within the wide arc of its clutching limbs, which had now mechanically elongated via rusty pneumatic slide bars. Though, I was able to pivot at that last moment, taking care the monster didn't touch my exposed skin. We crashed through several tables and chairs before he slammed me up against the wall. 
causing the thing's lowered shoulder to crush into my stomach, effectively stealing the wind from me. Face to face with my adversary, I examined him in detail. The corroded metal skin that looked more like orange scabs than sickened steel. The dimly glowing metal eyes that squeaked as they shifted in their sockets. And the metal teeth that shot sparks where they ground together. I was desperate to match strength with the foolish thing, but I dared not lay my naked hands upon it. So, again, it was my legs that were left to do the heavy lifting. Quite literally. Jumping upward, I broke the creature's grip, and then, using the wall at my back for leverage, I kicked it across the room. Tired of being hamstrung by its infectious touch, I used the few moments I'd bought myself to find something to cover my hands with. While I couldn't find anything suitable, I did find a large wooden baseball bat behind the counter which I believe came standard with any establishment that serves liquor. Having almost caught me in its umpteenth mindless, rage-filled charge, I swung around just in time to lay my new weapon upside the creature's corroded chin. It felt delightful to finally channel my upper body strength into the fray, even if through a wooden proxy. The rust creature left the earth and sailed over the bar, spitting and sputtering curses at me as it went along. You can strike me with whatever primitive weapon you can wrap your filthy hands around. You're only delaying the inevitable. Primitive weapon? And here I was thinking you might enjoy being lambasted by a baseball bat, as baseball is one of the country's finest traditions. Or so I've heard. I'm not one for sports, you understand. Despite my taunts, the creature wasn't entirely wrong. While my besting him at every turn made for some decent slapstick, it wasn't getting the job done. I needed to do something... deadly. I snapped the bat against my knee. By far the most entertaining moment of any baseball game, as far as I was concerned. I admired the two wicked splinters I created, one a thin, foot-long shiv, and the other something with a little more heft. Opting for the shiv, I smiled at the creature. <laughs> you fool, you've just ruined your only- If you haven't anything clever to say, then don't say anything at all, or even better, choke to death. The creature's mouth opened to an impressive width where I crammed the remains of the bat, its jaw snapping free of the rusted bolt that held it in place. I suspect you might have some need of organs, perhaps lungs, to gather a little bit of air for all that oxidation you're so fond of. Ugh. I suppose it was my turn to get kicked, which the creature did reasonably well, sending me flying across the room. I'd spitballed the weakness to a lack of oxygen. Now it was time to try the more conventional methods of murder. The metal man advanced wordlessly, its scarred and broken face more a symbol of purest rage than tradition. It was beyond retort and banter, and it was wounded. It had finally become a serious threat. Reaching out its hooked metal hands, 
It tried to seize any part of me it could grasp, its anger making it faster than before, if somewhat sloppier. Taking a step backward, I let the weight of the thing's lunge bring its upper body crashing downward, just as I thrust the other, bigger half of the bat upward, driving it deep into its left eye socket. Looking up with its one good eye and what little was left of its head, the cogs and springs of its brain wheezing asthmatically, it leapt to its feet, covered its face, and ran through the wall into the night. Hmm, just as I expected. You are indeed brainless. I don't know how you did it, stranger, but you did it. That thing beat feet like its ass was on fire. I was in an alien world where people not only spoke to me, but celebrated me. Perhaps I'd gone mad after all. Red Mother is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Stephen Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld and sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Be sure to check us out at www.maltopia.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. If you want unique art and animations of Maltopia's stories, visit our YouTube page or click on the link in the show notes. If you're a fan and want to help the show grow, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And for more exclusive content such as additional lore, stories, and art, be sure to check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia.